welcome back to the third episode of Checked Out, U92's premier hockey podcast. I'm Anissa Gallo, joined today not by Alex Silverman, but instead it is Mason Deal Tuesday as he compared himself <laughs> to Aaron Rodgers showing up on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesdays. Mason, how are you doing today? I am doing just great. I'm very happy to be here. I promise that I will not be pushing any anti-vaccine agendas on, uh, well, I guess this wouldn't be national television, but I mean, close enough. National radio, you know, reaches our 20 Spotify downloads <laughs> every single week. So yeah. very thankful for those 20, but they do not need to hear the anti-vax rhetoric. Yeah. Don't worry, folks. I got you guys. So we got a full slate for tonight. We're recording. It's about 10 o'clock on Tuesday. Mm. Penguins just got a win. Ooh. Mason and I are Penguins fans. So yeah. it's going to be a little bit of a Penguin centric episode mm. alongside some of the drama going on in Edmonton, Mason. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk about that absolute dumpster fire. It's so exciting to watch as like a like a neutral, unbiased fan. I cannot wait to uh I can't wait to see where they go with, uh, how do you say his name? Like Noblatch? Knobloch. Knobloch? Yeah. Okay. So the only reason I know how to say that, because I am awful with names, is because mm-hmm. the Yankees had a player and his name was Chuck Knobloch. Ah, okay. So I saw the name and I was like, oh, I finally know how to pronounce somebody's name. I don't <laughs> have to look up their pronunciation on YouTube. Right. Because that's what I have to do before we do these episodes, because all the names are something over in Europe. It's Swedish. It's mm-hmm. Finnish. It's all these names with all these vowels and I cannot pronounce them for the life of me. Yeah, I know. I feel like I, I like I do so much talking between the radio and like the PA stuff for WVU hockey. I feel like I should like have a little bit of a semblance of what I'm saying, but like I kind of just wing it and just I'm like very confidently wrong anytime that I have to pronounce anything. Well, I'd rather be like wrong and be confident about it yeah. than be right and not really be a hundred percent on it and people are like, uh, eh, not really yeah, true. not really in on it. So let's just dive straight into this dumpster fire up in Edmonton. Yeah. Why don't you kind of break it down a little bit because I have my thoughts about it. You probably have your thoughts about it. Yeah. So I th- believe it was, yeah, Jay Woodcroft got fired uh, effectively. Was it what, a couple of days ago now? I think it was. He got fired after the Oilers won against the Kraken. Yeah, I was I was very surprised to you know see him get pulled after a win of all things. I personally would have uh, dumped it. I know we're getting a little head a little head here, but I I, def- I put it, I personally would have pulled the plug after that uh, after that Sharks loss because. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but uh, I'm I'm ex- I'm excited for the uh, the no block era. I know that uh, they got the win against the uh, Islanders there on Monday. I got to watch a little bit of that. Uh, Leon Drysaddle actually kind of looked like he was returning to form a little bit uh, with their four points. Uh, I mean, he looked it looked good. I know that he got uh, you mentioned earlier got fined for that hit on Bo Horvat, but yeah, uh, Drysaddle went. He I don't even know like what would that be? Would that be like just checking? Or would that be like a knee hit? Like uh, he took a stick and went right into the back of Bo Horvat's knees. I guess like a reverse Tanya Harding. Yeah, I was gonna. Say, yeah, I was gonna say maybe maybe like the lowest possible cross check possible. I guess I don't know, but uh, I mean, yeah, I got fined for it enough, so the you know Department of Player Safety was like, yeah, I gotta gotta do something about it. Yeah, but. they fined him five thousand dollars for it. Which if you think about it, mm-hmm. to someone. Like Drysital, who has you know big contracts, been there for a while. Yeah. It's like pocket change to him. That's a that's a t 
p.m. dinner, basically. Like that's, that's why I was saying I said he should have been suspended a few games. Yeah. But I feel like the Oilers in their position that they're in right now, that's punishment enough. Yeah. For him. <laughs> yeah. Bottom, bottom, uh, bottom tier of the West. I think. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, not not ideal positioning for them. I think it'll, even losing Drysaddle there would probably uh, probably knock him in the whole different direction. But honestly. I, I'm still questioning the Woodcroft move because, like, I guess at some point he can be part of the blame, but I still I still find it very hard to believe that Ken Holland is employed in the NHL. I, I really, I, I don't know what the Oilers' ownership is doing, like how they're evaluating this, but, I mean, I guess letting the Holland experiment, experiment play out a little bit longer can maybe do something. I guess maybe, I think if I had to predict, he'd, he, I would assume, I'd hope, at least for Oilers fans, that he's gone at the end of the season but I don't know. We'll, well see what he can cook. This was my thought that I was looking and it says that in the eight plus years that McDavid's been with the Oilers, mm. this is the fifth coaching change Yeah, since then. So at some point, I think you have to look further up, like you're saying with Holland and realize, okay, Holland's been there since 2019. This is what... I'm going to say the third coaching change that's happened since then. Yeah. You have to start looking, okay, maybe it's not the coaches. Maybe it's not the players. Maybe it's the ownership, not knowing how to utilize cap space, Mm -hmm. kind of the more mm, like finite details of running a franchise. It's not just, you know, players and coaches. Yeah. It's more like big picture stuff than it is the you know x's and o's i feel like i mean especially like they don't really even i don't even know what their cap situation is but i don't think it's very good i mean they got that awful awful darnell nurse contract that they're regretting right now and like i mean they don't i don't know what they could do to change the on ice product i mean i saw they'd waived jack campbell but i mean like Stuart skinner also isn't really the best option i'm i feel like it's skinner like so last night you saw Last night meeting Monday, mm. Skinner had a really good performance against the Islanders. Yeah. And I see that he's kind of all over the place. He yeah. has either has a really good game or he has an awful game that you look at him and you're like, how are you a goaltender in the NHL right now? Yeah. It's it's so back and forth with the Oilers. I mean, hopefully they get something figured out. Like I I personally don't want to see McDavid like end his Oilers tenure without at least some sense of like, you know, playoff success. Like I I, I want to see the Oilers succeed, but man is it just it's a very hard watch at least at the start of the season. I'm hoping that at least come, you know, January, February they get to, you know, turn things around a little bit, but I mean Well, I also feel like with the Woodcroft fire, all mm-hmm. the players were blindsided. Yeah. You have McDavid, Drysidle, none of them knew that he was being fired and that Knobloch was the one that was being hired. Mm-hmm. So I also feel that Holland kind of took the easy way out and was like, okay, let me throw this all on the coaches. Yeah. You know, you took out Woodcroft, you took out the um, assistant coach, Dave Manson. Yeah. You put in Paul Coffey, who's had tremendous success as an Edmonton Oiler. You're trying to you're trying to find the recipe for success right now. But like you say, you know, what happens if Knobloch and Coffee don't work out? Yeah. What do you do next? Like, where do you turn next? I think it's you're gonna have to look at the players yeah. that you're putting on the ice. Consistently putting out Darnell Nurse, Evander Kane, when they don't yeah. contribute anything to the Oilers, you know, 
minus a goal here and there and a few points. Mm-hmm. They're just on ice liabilities at this point, And the Oilers can do so much better. Yeah. I mean, at this point, honestly, I'm kind of wondering at what point, like if Holland is, you know, if for some reason he doesn't come back or even if he decides to like, you know, fire sale as he's preparing to exit his tenure at the Oilers, at what point, like, do you even look and think about trading McDavid or Dreisaitl, either one of them? Because, I mean, I don't think there's any, uh, at least if things continue in the path that they are, I really can't assure that McDavid will, you know, be in an Oilers jersey come like two, three years time. Well, everyone said before the season started that the Oilers are cup contenders. Yeah. they. This is their year. This is their year to win the Stanley Cup after it's been a conversation surrounding them for the past few years with McDavid, with Dreisaitl. You can even throw in Ryan Nugent Hopkins kind of adding to that conversation. Not as much as the other two. Uh, Yeah. But Um, you can... He's competent. Like, he... He's he's one of the competent ones on the ice right now. He's one of the, you know, top top three in the top six that they got going, so... But, I mean, yeah. I I don't know. It's been cup or bust for the past, like, what? Like, five years? I feel like that mentality is going to kill them, though. Yeah. You have that cup or bust mentality, but you kind you have to have a working for it mentality the entire season it just can't be oh you know we are what are they right now they're like, four nine and one yeah we, we can't start out the season four nine and one and then will our way into a stanley cup final mm-hmm. that's not how it works i mean maybe they will go on a run have a tremendous end of the year and finish well above 500 Obviously, I hope they're going to finish above yeah. 500 For the by the end of, of the year. Entertaining playoff hockey with McDavid, and I mean, like you'd you'd want to hope to see that thing, but like at what point, like it just does it just become like unrealistic, like you know, dreaming, like wishful thinking, you know, like I mean, maybe they turn things around after the Christmas break. Maybe they, you know, come in and just go on an absolute tear from January to, you know, like early April. But I just, I don't know. I don't know what they could make. I mean, hopefully no block can get something going out of them. I mean, he, I mean, at least a very small sample size because they've only played the one game under him. But I mean, if he, he coached McDavid in the OHL. So at least there's like a little bit of experience and chemistry there. I'd imagine that's why they were, you know, so quick to bring him on. I think it was like like two hours maybe after Woodcroft got fired. Well, that's what they said. So I also was reading something and McDavid was very fervently denying mm-hmm. that that's the reason why they brought in Knobloch. Yeah. Is because, you know, he coached him with the Erie Otters where McDavid had I don't even know. That was like, he had like video game numbers when yeah. he was in the OHL. He played in 167 games because McDavid played from 2012 to 2015, and Knobloch was the coach from 2012 to 2017. Mm-hmm. Played in 167 games, had 97 goals, 167 assists, 285 combined points. Yeah. Like, that's, those are only Connor McDavid numbers. Nobody else can put those numbers up. Yeah. But I really hope that maybe the familiarity of mm. how McDavid works and how his systems are will help Knobloch kind of coach the team. But you have to remember, you know, Connor McDavid's not the only player on the Edmonton Oilers. You have other players as well. Arguably, you're playing with, you have the best player in the league in Connor McDavid and you have one of, if not you know, the second best winger in Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. You know, you have to adjust your system to both of them to play at the same time. I mean, we've seen them 
both on the ice and they just keep running out that McDavid and Dreisaitl and I don't know who else is on their line. I really feel like uh, it's yeah. really obvious. Honestly, yeah, I, I'm going to quick Google search uh, because I they have line so combination websites. I really like looking at them. I know but, they're very fun for fantasy stuff. <laughs> um, you see them and mm-hmm. you're like, well, this line has not been working. Why do we keep ru- why do they keep running this out? Yeah, they're uh, I'm looking at their top six right now. Uh, I can't I can tell you a single one of these bottom six players. But uh, yeah, their top six is uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the left wing. McDavid center. Uh, Sam Gagner is their uh, right winger. And then they you just got, took Sam Gagner back. Yeah, uh, they got uh, Kane on the second line left wing. Uh uh, or Kane, yeah. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, second line center, and then Zach Hyman at the right wing. I mean, that's like that's a fine top six. You know, it's competent. I think you could, you know, obviously it's going to be where they're goal scoring, especially if you got, you know, Dreisaitl and McDavid on the lines. But like that bottom six, I, I, I can't name a single one of these guys. Do you not know legend Ryan McLeod? <laughs> not, not, not well enough to, uh, to be able to confidently say that he could win me a hockey game. So <laughs> no disrespect to my Ryan McLeod. I, uh, I hope you're not listening cause, uh, that'd be really embarrassing, but yeah, I mean, and especially like their defensive pairings, uh, Ekholm and, uh, Bouchard on the top line. Like I, I feel like I've been seeing talk online, especially in uh, in terms of fantasy because that was I got into I got really into fantasy hockey last year and I uh, I drafted I think I drafted Bouchard in like the like 10th round or something ridiculously high that I should not have because I saw so much talk online that he was like this power play wizard and he's quarterbacking you know the power play with McDavid and Dreisaitl and you know all that stuff and I feel and like he's quarterbacking from the sidelines yeah I feel like yeah, I feel like every single time that uh at least I dropped him, I think two weeks into the year last year. And I think he is still on the waivers. Uh, is this, this like year. a legacy fantasy team? No, it's uh no uh, redraft year to year. Oh, okay. uh, it's a Yahoo cats league. So, but uh, yeah, no, it's bad. I, I don't know what's going on there. Well, but. I was, I was also looking and the Oilers. So I guess this is a fun stat. If you're not a fan of the Oilers, because you yeah. don't have to look at this. Yeah. <laughs> So since their Stanley Cup finals in 2006, mm-hmm. where they lost in game seven, giving the Hurricane, the Carolina Hurricanes, their first Stanley Cup. Yeah. Um, the Oilers have had 10, I'm sorry, 11 draft picks in the top 10. Yeah. Four of those were first overall. In that time, they have missed the playoffs 12 times and have one conference final appearance. Ugh. So in 2010, they took Taylor Hall first overall. Mm-hmm. He went to the, he's now with Chicago Blackhawk. Yeah. Traded to the Devils in 2016. 2011, they took Ryan Nugent Hopkins first overall. Yeah. He's still there. Yeah. Um, 2013, they took Darnell Nurse in the first round, pick number seven. He's still there. Mm-hmm. Dreisaitl, first round, third pick. He's still there. McDavid, first overall. And then you have two. Well, you have Jesse. Ooh, this is one of those Swedish names <laughs> I didn't look up. Paul Jujarvi? Yeah. I'm going to guess. First round. Fourth pick. He was an Oiler until last year. Went to the Hurricanes, I mm. believe. Now he's an undrafted free agent. I'm sorry, unsigned free agent. Yeah. So he's just floating in space right now. Out of the league, essentially. Yeah. And then in 2019, they took Philip Bro- Broberg, mm. the first round, eighth pick. And he's in their minor affiliate, the Bakersfield Condors right now. Yeah. So 
out of all of these, you know, you have so many first round picks in the top 10 and you haven't been able to produce anything with them. Yeah. Like, I think the closest, what did they reach last year? They were in this. I think, did they make the Western Conference Finals? I don't think it was that high. Hold on. Yeah. They were in there. I remember watching them. Yeah, they were, they at least, there was a time that they made it decently into the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, hold on. I got to playoff bracket but even no. looking at that like they made it to a uh, second round last year they lost in six to vegas so um okay i'm gonna yeah i gotta who did they win it who did they defeat in the first round uh the kings okay uh in six as well so i mean nothing nothing slight i think it was it's recent i feel like it was 2022 maybe hopefully on the money yeah it was 2022 where they got swept by the stanley cup champion colorado avalanche in four games so yeah uh not the best showing i mean at least they beat the i don't know what it is i think the kings just lose in the first round to edmonton in any given year because it's two and two years in a row um then they yeah dominated calgary uh four to one in the second round and then immediately went and just uh you know took a nap against colorado and went and got their got their golf clubs a little bit later than usual. <laughs> they they were heading down to Cancun. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. like if you also look at this, you see you know how Vegas got knocked out mm-hmm. in 2022, and they immediately made adjustments. Yeah, and they won the Stanley Cup the following year. Edmonton continues to roll with the same lines, you know, same players, even though they say, "Oh, cup or bust." Mm. But it doesn't seem like they want it that bad because they're not willing to make these severe adjustments. Yeah. You know, you keep, like you said, you keep paying that really ugly Darnell Nurse contract. Yeah. You just waived um, Campbell, you mm. know, brought him down because he was not playing good. I'm doing air quotations right now. Yeah. He was not playing good, but he's not the one who took that really bad loss against the Sharks. It was yeah. Stuart Skinner. Yeah. Stuart Skinner is still in the lineup right now, and he got a win last night against the Islanders, and he got second star of the game. Yeah, so, which is that crazy sense. If you told me that two weeks ago, I'd probably look at you like a crazy man. But, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, like, what I mean, what even is the move here? Like, who's who would be, in, like, there's nobody, I don't think there's, like, there's no like splash high, like there's no like splash hire. There's no splash trade signing, whatever that I think that they could confidently like say, we need to go out and get that guy. That guy is going to win us hockey games because you have two of those guys on your team right now, arguably three, if you're a really big Ryan Nugent Hopkins fan, but like, like, I mean, McDavid and Dreisaitl have been that core for so long that I, I really am like shocked that they have not requested trades or tried to force their way out or do anything, because like they're almost like both of them combined remind me of like the Damian Lillard in Portland era where it's just like a refusal to do anything to build any kind of help around them until it is too late and then they're on the greener pastures. I really feel like, you know, both these Pacific teams are like sharing that similarity. But the only issue is that with the Oilers, it's worse because you have two of them. Well, I definitely agree. But you say like so you say that the Oilers have a core around dry sidle mcdavid quote unquote core yeah but their core is not like and i saw this comparison earlier they always bring it up Mm. it's not like Latang and malkin and crosby that's a core right there you know why that's a core because they went out and they won championships with each other right i don't think you can be called like 
um, like a solidified a solidified presence. core yeah. until you actually have something to prove from it. Right. Like you wouldn't be calling. Oh God. You wouldn't be, I can't come up with a comparison right now. Like, like I mean, like I guess it's a little early, but like what they got ever going on in New Jersey, like you the wouldn't Hughes call brothers, Hugh, like Luke, Jack and Nico Hishier, you wouldn't call them a core because right. they're good right now. I'm yeah. struggling. Luke is probably not the player to throw in there. Um, I mean, he, he'd be Jesper more like, Brett. Jesper, yeah, I'll say okay. Jesper Brett and Timo Meyer were the ones I was thinking of. You wouldn't call Brett, Jack Hughes, and Heeshier mm-hmm. a core because even though they're doing good right now, they haven't won anything. They're still very young, you know. Yeah. They're still establishing themselves as the Devils kind of uh, hit their so many. I'm throwing so many words around their <laughs> legacy right now, their legacy core right now. Yeah. Like they're still trying to get within that and. Just, I don't know. I feel like Drysdale and McDavid, once their contracts are up, mm-hmm. they are not retiring as oh, yeah. Oilers. No. They are going to go off somewhere and find a team that'll actually maybe build around them or, mm-hmm. if anything, see how their systems are and insert them into their team and be like, okay, you would work best here. And then just try and do something there. with it. Yeah. I actually wanted to bring that up. I mean, if in case Ken Holland decides to blow it all up, what do you think like a trade package for one of either McDavid or dry would look like? Cause I mean, you're looking at like, at least for McDavid, a 12 and a half million dollar cap hit and arguably, I mean, well, I don't even, I don't even think it is arguable to say that he's the best player in the NHL when he's like on fire. But I mean, right now he's kind of at a slow start, but like you're, they call him Mick Jesus for a reason, you know, like, I mean, what, is, what does that trade look like? Um, let's see specifics of it. I don't know. Mm, where would you send him to? I know. Like, I, what kind of market would you send him to? You can't send him over to Toronto. I saw. I well, I mean, it might just be delusional Maple Leafs fans, but I saw. I saw mock trades for that. Maple Leafs fans want Patrick Kane in oh, Toronto, I, they, so they, that's he, delusion. That's that's the uh, that was the move. Actually, I I was reading it on Twitter on the PRT that he's uh, been training in Ontario and met with the team today. Yeah. Uh, do you know where everybody in Toronto is right now? They're over in Sweden preparing for the Global Series that starts on Thursday. Yeah. So, so he's not meeting with anybody there. I mean, I guess if, uh, you know, who did, I don't even remember who they hired as GM replacement for Dubas. <laughs> I don't think it's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. It's mm. quick Google search. But I don't know, like you would have to see what kind of market you would send him over to. Yeah. There's uh, no room for him. Cause I joke with my friends be like, Oh, Connor McDavid, you are a New Jersey devil. He's a penguin, no- right? <laughs> that's that was what I was. That's what I, I I have that written down. I said McDavid to the Penguins. I'm delusional in my uh, in my notes here to talk about. <laughs> There's no room for him over in New Jersey. Yeah, like at all. He's a center. You already have Jack. Mm-hmm. You have Nico. He'd be a third line center or and unless they're and that's just to, and unless they send one of them two down and which like they that's absolutely will not you, if you want to tank your team chemistry and you know piss off your stars go for it but um i mean it seems like what the, i mean that it's working for the oilers right now if uh, you want to i mean as good as uh they can be i guess you know it's working technically just not well in their goals of cup or bust i think it's such a struggle like trying to put together a trade package for mcdavid if you don't know where he would be sent off to like mm-hmm. i saw i saw a couple people saying that he could go for the rangers but like 
I think his best case, if he was ever traded, if Ken Holland wanted to blow up mm-hmm. um, Alberta, probably send him over into the Eastern Conference. Yeah, far, far away from Edmonton. I wouldn't say Metro because where would you put him in the Metro? Like Caps? Yeah, I guess. I like don't know. Looking that, at I, <laughs> if Ovechkin retires in the next few years, you know, move some pieces around. Yeah, I guess they could, but then that wouldn't make a uh, that wouldn't make a lick of sense if they're trying to also do the same and tear down and rebuild. Like Hurricanes, the, maybe. Yeah, I guess they. I don't think they really have the capital to be trading for him, but I guess he could slide in, in. the perfect world where. Yeah. Perfect world. I think he would be sent over to the Metro mm-hmm. to a team that has already rebuilt to themselves. So, okay, Devils. Let's yeah. just say the Devils right now. Yeah. Devils have tanked for so long that they rebuilt themselves. They have a really good group going right now. They just need one final piece. Yeah. And that final piece would be McDavid. But in turn, you'd have to give up, probably have to give up a few really high draft picks. Yeah. Um, maybe one star player. So mm-hmm. I'm going, the sacrificial lamb for this one would be Luke Hughes. Yeah. Going to Edmonton along with some picks and a ton of money. A ton. Yeah. Like an insane amount of money because you're getting Conor McDavid. Like it's, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you're not only priceless, you're not only winning the games, but you're, you have the face of the league to front, you know, market around. Well, Honestly, I, I that's you could a, argue that's a, that he's really not the face. I was of gonna. Anymore. That's what I was gonna say. Actually, I do quite hate that the NA, I do as a media-minded person, the uh, NHL extremely pisses me off with the way that they market their uh, stars in their games. They're doing, they're doing a little bit better with Bedard, but it's baby steps. It's basically like the NBA with Wimby, where they are like a you know world-class generational talent falls into their lap, and then then they start to over-market him and piss the fans off because they're like, oh, I'm tired of seeing the Wimby stuff. I'm tired of seeing Bedard highlights. All he did was, you know, go top shelf. Everybody that happens once a game, you know, like it's just, it's like that. And I mean, I feel like with McDavid, like he's obviously such a generational talent. He's been tearing up the league for like eight, nine years now. And I genuinely can't think of like, I mean, like I go around, like I talk to my non-hockey friends. They don't know who McDavid is. They know that he's like, I, I, like if I tell them like, yeah, he's probably the best player in the league. They're like, oh, you think I would have heard of him? And I was like, I know you should have heard of him. Well, so I had this conversation with Alex Wiederspiel, our mm-hmm. broadcast advisor, a few weeks ago during the beginning of the hockey season. And I saw a tweet on Twitter that said, what if, you know, Sidney Crosby, when he was first, you know, being drafted and stuff, what if he had the media coverage mm-hmm. that Connor Bedard has. And then Alex said, well, they would have done that media coverage with Connor McDavid, but McDavid went out to Edmonton. That's a three hour time difference. Yeah. Chicago from the East coast, because the NHL operates out of New York, mm-hmm. mainly New York and Toronto. Yeah. You have only an hour difference. It's so close if, enough that like in like if the game to- starts at 7 p.m. in Chicago, mm-hmm. well, it's only eight o'clock on the East Coast. So these people can still watch it. But yeah. if you have an Edmonton game starting at 10 over here, nobody's going to watch that. The, so the sickos like us will tune in and watch that. The like, you I know, love my 10 o'clock hockey. I love my NHL after dark. Yeah, it's it's fun for the people who love the game. But if you're trying to grow your sport to new audiences, you can 
can it is like near impossible to convince a new fan to like I mean, like, even if you pay attention, like, yeah, I guess, like, Edmonton does come to the East Coast for games, and obviously that's a little bit easier to market. You know, you try and get those on national television, but, like, I mean, you know, not every game is on the East Coast. Like, most of their, you know, conference plays, you know, even if they're away games, they're starting at, like, you know, 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock local time. That still comes out to 10, 11 o'clock at night, you know, Eastern time, and we're especially, like, in the, you know, the New York market, the Toronto market, like, all the, you know, big-name markets, quote-unquote, in the NHL, like, it's impossible to try and do something with i mean at least like they're taking the right steps with bedard and i feel like they at least have some kind of semblance now that they have somebody but i mean like i'm very i'm very tempted to see where they go in the future well like, when i would like wise. to your point when i was watching the penguins game the other night when they were playing the kings mm-hmm. that game started at 10 30 and yeah. it did not i did not go to bed after overtime until about 1.30. Yeah. So that's really, that's a large amount of time. Like these people who, you, who you're trying to grab in the audience. So mm-hmm. you're trying to grab younger kids. You're trying to get the casual fan who wants to watch more. Mm-hmm. They have work. They have school. Nobody's going to stay up unless you are a college kid. <laughs> Nobody's going to stay up until 1.30 in the morning to watch a hockey game. Yeah, it's a lot easier to convince us with the caffeine addictions and the, you know, reasons to stay up until one thirty in the morning. It's a lot easier to convince us to stay up. But I mean, you go and like try and find, you know, like the average 35 year old. He's like, not staying up until one thirty. No, he's got work in the morning. He's got to go commute and half a half hour each way, uh, you know, to, you know, working back. It's just it's impossible. And even then, I um, don't want to get off on a tangent about how the NHL is just like shutting all doors possible to their younger art, their no, younger trust audience. Me, I did an essay about this for one of my classes yeah, the with, other day. Especially with the whole pride tape banning situation. That's a whole it's whole conversation. Yeah, that's that's a that's a whole separate deep dive podcast episode on because I mean, good Lord, I don't know how you can fumble that hard. I mean, you're an ad PR major. Mm-hmm. I'm a you are. Are you not? Yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a mm-mm. Like no, that no. was a mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm a sports media major. So like we get it. Yeah. Like you get it. I mean, it's journalism for me, but I hide under sports media. Same difference. Yeah. But getting back to that McDavid trade, if McDavid got traded mm-hmm. and Dreisaitl was left hanging, yeah. he's gone. Like he's immediately asking. I think he's a free agent before McDavid, a year before. I think, yeah, hold on, I'm going to have to Google I want to say he's done at the end of the 24-25 season. And McDavid is 25-26. Yeah, he signed an $8 million deal, I think. Yeah, he is a UFA uh, after this next season. So 25-26 is when he will... Uh, he will be a UFA and he does have a 10 team trade list. So at least that option does remain uh, on the table for them. But I, what are I, his teams? Uh, it does not say mm-hmm. hold on one I'd second. I'd be interested to see what his teams are. But since Dreisaitl does go first before McDavid, if he doesn't get a contract, so if Edmonton doesn't turn it around within these next few years, Dreisaitl is definitely requesting that trade first. Or they're going to trade him away for capital and draft picks, and then McDavid will follow. Yeah, um, it just says that he 
uh, it'd be a 10 team trade approved list, meaning that Dry Soto could handpick 10 teams that he'd be willing to be moved to. So basically, it's not really so much of like he has the list set in stone. It's more so that if he were to be moved, if they like the Oilers came to him and said, Yeah, I, we're trading you, he's like, All right, give me these 10 like spots to land at. That must be so fun. Like you sit there with your pen and your pencil and you're like, what teams do I want to go to? Ooh, well, I really like the Rangers jerseys. Nobody likes the Rangers. Pick another team. Yeah. though. Well, it's like the jerseys are cool. New York would be cool. Um, I don't you know. You get eaten alive by the New oh, York media. Do you oh, see yeah, how they no, crucify absolutely. him right now? Yeah. True. And he sits there with his hoodie over his head and they ask stupid questions that, and he's like, his, I don't know. His, inter- his interview answers are so funny. I saw somebody pay him on TikTok, and it was like it was the most like no bs straightforward answers of all time i i admire his uh media relations skills i cannot wait until i get to be like that to like local news that'd be so fun i think my favorite one was when Stuart skinner came out of the crease and he oh my god he did something really bad ended up it being it was an empty net goal for the team that Edmonton was playing. Mm-hmm. And one of the journalists said to Drysdale, they were like, you know, what would you say to Skinner after blah, blah, blah. And he looks at him with the most disgusted look on his face. He's like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> He's like, he made a mistake. We all make mistakes. And he was just so disgusted. Yeah. And I said to my friend, I said, if he had looked at me with disgust like that, if I was that journalist asking that stupid question and he looked at me with disgust like that, I'd probably melt on the spot and just <laughs> disintegrate into the ground because I'd, I'd be so embarrassed. I'd quit. I'd, I would go. I wouldn't ask questions that bad though. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, I'd like to think, I'd like to think that we could come up with something a little bit better. Some, you know, softballs to ease the, the Canadian media is just awful. Like just listening to their questions. It'll be like, well, you're not playing good right now. Like none of you are playing good. What are you going to do? And they expect the players to be like, Oh, well, I know I'm not playing good on the power play, but you know, um, he's not playing good as well. He's not playing good. And they just want them to like throw the blame on everyone because they want that drama. Sensationalization. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So enough about Edmonton. Yeah. Enough. We will get over into those, I guess, rumors when we cross that bridge. Yeah. Because got a couple couple of years, hopefully no more, maybe hopefully no more years under Ken Holland, but at least years before the Oilers are kind of thrown into the thrown into the fire there of dealing with their contracts. We can have you back for another Mason deal Tuesday, maybe like (laughs) a few weeks or so, depending on Alex's exam schedule. Yeah. Because Alex is a, and I apologize if I'm getting this wrong, a bio chem medical engineer some he's something along those lines some in stem where he is insanely smart and crazy busy with all his class oh my gosh all his class schedules Mm -hmm. he had like three exams this week so that's why he couldn't hop on so mason deal will be a semi-regular guest on here um but oh my god i lost my train of thought we will dissect the edmonton season as 
we go on mm. on another Mason deal Tuesday. Yeah, we'll just well, I yeah, I'm only I only come on the show to just absolutely trash the Oilers anytime that anything happens. If they lose, if they pull like a San Jose and lose like ten to two on some random like Thursday night game versus like Seattle or something, oh, you can bet your butt I'll be here next Tuesday for another uh, Mason deal Tuesday, which is uh, trademark pending. So <laughs> I mean. The closest they've come is in that first game against the Canucks where they lost 8-1. to one. Oh, yeah. That so, was fun. I mean... That was, can, that was very fun. As a, as a JT Miller fantasy owner, that was very fun. JT Miller Masterclass. Yeah, I'm still waiting on his jersey to come in, uh, that DH Gate jersey. I uh, I don't want... I, if I wear that around campus and any of you guys see me, I don't want any slack at all for how fake it may or may not be. I'm just... I... <laughs> I, I do not care. I am just, I'm happy to have some kind of representation for my fantasy king because I've drafted him two years in a row now. I've been into fantasy hockey for two years now and uh, he's a certified dog. Capital he's D. never done you wrong. No. Well, he kind of did actually. I kind of, he was on my, he was on my can't cut last year uh, list because I drafted him like second round or third round, something high. And um, it was, uh, it was kind of rough for a couple of weeks there in the it was it's that it's the patented Vancouver start to the season where they start off really hot things are looking great Miller's like a he was like a top 5 player in terms of like fantasy outpoint like i think he 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 was up there in the points uh you know points uh leaders for a couple of weeks and the start of the year immediately fell off a cliff uh, and the Canucks kind of you know, waddled their way into the rest of the season. And he, I mean, he picked it back up a little bit, but this year, if they're on the same kind of tear, I'm, I'm mentally prepared for the, you know, jumping the shark moment, but I hope at least, uh, me ordering his Jersey will, uh, you know, help boost his confidence a little bit. Some kind of like, you know, telepathic connection all the way out in Vancouver. Well, if it makes you feel better right now, JT Miller is tied for third with um, Kucherov for points leading the NHL right now. They both have 23 points. That's what I love to hear. Um, I mean, I'll talk a little Canucks right now because (laughs) Canucks, I said it beginning of the the season before the podcast started. Mm -hmm. I said everybody needs to invest in Canucks stock and Quinn Hughes stock. Yeah. Because ever since the Canucks made Quinn Hughes captain, it's just been an insane momentum shift for them. Yeah. Like this is not the same Canuck team that was on the ice last year. Yeah. They are just they are blowing everybody away. That yeah, right that, now. that deep pairing of Hughes and Hronek right now is incredible. It's disgusting. Like yeah. straight I, up nasty. I uh I mean, yeah, they're they I don't they've just been killing it. I watched a breakdown, I follow some TSN uh, analyst on TikTok who just popped up on my feed a couple of days ago and he was breaking down like their puck movement at the blue line is like like I wouldn't say it's un unheard of before, but it is some of the most like creative like ways to develop you know on the on their plays it's like i i wish i wish i could pull up the highlight that i'm thinking of i think it was against the canes uh, a couple of weeks ago but i mean like they're they've been killing it i know that um 
I shout. Out, I want to give a big shout out to former Penguin uh, Teddy Bluger for holding down the fourth line for them. Uh, if they if they for some reason win a Stanley Cup, I'm adding his jersey to my collection as well because I love I love my former uh, former Penguins on different teams. Uh, I'm a big the I I have invested in the Vancouver stock, but Seattle is my West Coast team because they got Tanev and McCann both, and they've both been actually. Uh, somewhat decent i think mccann was uh he was he had a pretty decent start to the year last year so um i miss them both so much i miss tanov and his uh like <laughs> i don't know i, I want to say coked out headshots but i don't know how i don't know how else to describe eyes. that yeah it's crazy eyes. bug-eyed <laughs> i like his headshots that he does like i know the nhl posted it and it's just like back to back and you're like yeah. wow like this dude really it's, he goes all in he's committed to the bit for, absolutely um, but the Canucks, you know, coming off of a five win streak mm-hmm. was snapped by the Toronto Maple Leafs, which kind of pained me because, I mean, I am a Maple Leafs fan just by proxy. Cause that was like the first team that I started like following mm-hmm. not too closely, but like I am kind of emotionally invested yeah. in the, um, Nyes, Matthews, Marner, first line. Yeah. Uh, probably it's the best decision that Sheldon Keefe has ever made, keeping <laughs> Nyes on that top line. Yeah. So I'm a little emotionally invested to that. And I also love Joseph Wool. Yeah. Their goaltender. I, yeah. I, I, I almost picked up Wool uh, because at least I don't know. I don't know what in the world is going on with uh, Ilya Samsonov, but I mean. At least Wolves kind of holding it down. I did see. I think it was that one. It it gave me some flashbacks to like watching Jari. Like I feel like at least once a like actually not even once a year. Like two three times a year where he'll have the puck in behind his net and like pass it or just like lose it somehow and give up a goal. I saw that uh, Wolf gave up a goal like that and it. I, I started like staring like at, if you know that meme of like the like the thousand yard stare the thousand yard stare yeah. soldier that's going that's around exactly Twitter right now about. yeah it was uh, it was bad it was really really bad but I mean I mean I get gotta give props to Toronto at least a little bit because they kind of look like semblant this year um, outside I mean of, they're definitely making it work um, mm-hmm. they're a little questionable I know this isn't a topic that I brought up but it's. They're a little questionable at times, but at other times you're like, oh, wow, I can't believe that actually worked. Yeah, it's they're just kind of like the uh, they kind of remind me of almost like the like Steelers football and that just like they're winning. Don't really know how, but the record like, you know, Steelers are six and three right now. I don't know what the Leafs record is off the top of my head, but they are. um, I want to say that they are they're eight, five and two. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, 18 points. I think they're fourth in the Atlantic right now. So they're third. Third. Oh, am I? Oh, I think Google's lying to me. They got their uh, Red Wings above them. Mm-mm. Red Wings, Panthers, and Bruins. But uh, oh, they are fourth. Wait, ESPN is lying to me. ESPN. Yeah, I was. I was gonna say third, yeah. Third, and then it says fourth. Oh, they're tied. They're tied. Okay, okay, that's why. That was say yeah. They but yeah, they both have 18 points right now. But um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. All right, enough talking about Penguins tonight. Penguins won. Penguins Sydney Crosby hat trick. Oh, I'm so excited! I'm, I cannot believe vintage Sydney Crosby. You got, oh, we got so many vintages. Vintage Crosby, Malkin, Carlson. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. they're all playing in their absolute total prime. Mm-hmm. I saw a few days ago. I was talking to somebody else. Somebody tweeted and said that they would rather have a 
good defensive 66-point Kale McCarr on their team than 102-point Eric Carlson, saying, essentially, and they said, that Dubas overpaid for Carlson. So every time Carlson scores a goal, a very nasty goal that he scored tonight, I have been tweeting, I was told Dubas overpaid for Carlson. (laughs) Carlson is, put it in short, Pittsburgh won the trade by a landslide. Mm -hmm. Carlson is just, he's coming here, he's comfortable now. I know he wasn't performing that well in Mm. his first few games with the Penguins, but once he hit a stride, he's just been insane. Like, if you look at his impact card, I don't know if you Oh, yeah, Jay Jay Fresh? Yes. Yes, I love him so much. His impact cards, he is the top performer every single game. Yeah, he, right now, he is, uh, I did a little bit of research here. Uh, He's actually, I I really hate that comparison to Makar of, like, defensive you know defensive defenseman who puts up 60 points versus 102 point carlson i'm gonna pull up the specific tweet yeah uh carlson has actually looked like decently defensively sound in the past you know couple of past couple of games even like the whole year honestly he is plus eight in his last five games with nine points in that span as well even and that was before tonight's game as well so i think that's up to what 10 points now i don't know what the plus minus is off the top of my head but like he's on fire, and I will say um, that J, the uh, J Fresh uh, who posts the like player cards of like you know like as uh, like war percentage uh, for everything. Eric Carlson has finally, for the first time in like two three years, like a long time, been moved out of the zero percent defensive war uh, category. And I I want I actually I wrote this down. I want you to take a, a shot in the dark at who the zero the there's two players zero percent defensive uh, war are right now. Are they what team are they? On? What give me a team? Leafs and I believe Canes still. I want to say zero. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like this is gonna be wrong. Is it Bertuzzi? Nope, it is not. It is John Klingberg. Oh, that was going to be my second guess. Yeah, Klingberg he's is... He's real. Yeah, he is one of two. And the other one, you probably do know because he is uh, the... He's diva extraordinaire. Go ahead, name it. Tony D'Angelo. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, both of those make quite a bit of sense. Uh, after reading, but yeah, I'm very happy that Carlson has been, de- I guess, dethroned as 0% defensive war. I don't know. Well, right now his plus minus is a positive seven. Positive seven. So okay, he hasn't so. been in the, pl- and I know the season hasn't, you know, we haven't, you know, gotten that it's, far in the yeah, season. It's still November. But, but he hasn't been at a positive plus minus since the 2018-2019 season <sighs> where he finished the season with a positive six. Yeah. Just, um, but this is the tweet. It said, so you rather have 101 points, sorry, or Eric Carlson, who is generationally terrible on defense and 66 point McCarr, who is exceptional at both ends. Literally the most anarchic way of thinking. Enjoy your extremely overpaid defenseman, though. That was written on October 10th, 2023. Wow. And every I think about it every time Carlson makes a really good pass. You know, he has a goal. I think, wow. Mm-hmm. Dubas came to Pittsburgh worked his magic to get this little hex stall curse off of the city. And he's just been 
adjusting as need be. So, yeah. you know, when Hextall would wait until almost the end of the season to fix something like this bottom six oh, that Pittsburgh has been God. putting out. Last year's deadline just gives me that thousand yard stare. It's just like, Dubis, I mean, what are we doing, man? Dubas saw it and he said, no, we're going to bring up Vinny Hinestroza, who's yeah. been helping. You have um, Z- Redeems Zahorna yeah. being brought up. Like this bottom six overhaul. You have Jeff Carter, who is, and I'm not taking any hits at Jeff Carter's it's, it's, contributions. It's a Hextall his, problem. It's not a Carter yes. problem. It's, it's the fact that he gave him the no move the no move deal at like what 38 years of age is just absolutely ridiculous. But I will say at least uh when he came in, he scored he had like 20 points in like 13 games and that's that's good vintage big Jeff Carter. Love to see that. It's the fact that immediately after that was when he's knocked locked them down for the next like 2-3 years and like has just been nowhere close to that. But I mean, he's out with, he's out with an upper body injury right now. So at least he's not getting like healthy scratched. Yeah. Have you seen everybody in like Twitter being like, Hey, you know that there's such thing as an LTIR. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to wish, you know, ill on the man's health, but if he wants oh, to, no. if Maybe he wants just... to, you know, say, Oh, I can't, I don't think I can do this. You Maybe know, I should sit up in the press box. Penguins <laughs> team doctors, you know, I think he, he, I saw that something he, he like came on in a quote. I don't want to like misquote him here, but I think it was something along the lines of like, however I can help the team out. If that's me, you know, not dressing, like I'm happy to do it. Yeah. I think if the I've best, seen it. if the best way for him to help the team is to go on LTIR, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, we in, we in Pittsburgh like to engage in a little tomfoolery now and then. If, if, uh, if Tampa Bay can do it every single year, if Vegas can do it, so can we. That's, uh, that's my methodology here. Well, like this is the thing. So you had the Penguins today. They, they tweeted out at 1032 AM. The Penguins have recalled forward Jonathan Gruden from Wilkes-Barre. And then at 1242, they put out a quote, Gruden on what he wants to bring to the team. Try to bring the intensity, bring the energy, get the puck in, hit a couple guys, try to keep the energy for the guys. Yeah. 310 p.m. The Penguins have reassigned forward Jonathan (laughs) Gruden to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm glad that they're making these moves to like, I know, do cap space, stuff like that. I know Mm -hmm. they've sent... Hinostroza down a few times to kind of like clear. I'm yeah. not honestly, cap is just so confusing to me. Like you send somebody down for paper trans, uh, confusing. I got to do a deep dive one day. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I'm just happy at least compared to the previous management. Cause I, I don't want to say his name out loud ever again. Uh, compared to previous management, like you would see that, that maybe one like flyers goaltender. Yeah. Which I thought was very funny. Actually. I don't know if you saw it when, uh, Yager, yeah, the, uh, yeah. Penguins announced that, uh, Yager's Jersey 68 is going up in the rafters and, uh, in the highlight reel video, they included a clip of him scoring on Hextall and the announcer said as such, that was, I should big props to the Penguins media team because a bit that, of dunk. I liked it. that was oh, chef's kiss. <laughs> the most perfect possible um, clip to include. I don't even think there was anything spectacular about the goal. I think it was just a regular no, Yager goal. It was goal. just a regular goal. <laughs> That's why it's so funny. Um, but, you know, just looking at the Penguins lines now, like everything is clicking. Like, you mm-hmm. know, 
half off Jake Shakes tomorrow. Yeah, I unfortunately am not going to be able to make it up to Pittsburgh. But I'm heading to Pittsburgh tomorrow. I don't well, know about you, that's but. that's that's all you and your when uh, you said like a Penguins media thing they got going on. It's, they're having like a job fair, so there's a yeah. milkshake factory right down the street from PPG. So I'll be uh, yeah I'm, marching my happy self down there. Very, uh, very jealous because I will say that Jake Shake was absolutely incredible. It looked I, really good when you posted. Oh, it was, it was so good. I genuinely think that might have been the best milkshake I've had in quite a while. I will say though, I want to give a big shout out to a milkshake place that shares my namesake uh, down in Myrtle Beach called Crazy Masons. Uh, that place is actually spectacular. I think they have the milkshake factory topped a little bit, but I think it's it might just be because they only have two locations compared to the milkshake factories like you know twenty something whatever they have up in Pittsburgh uh I feel like their theirs is like a lot more like diabetes inducing uh because it's like I uh, let me pull up the picture f- to show you uh I wish I could show our listeners as well we'll make it like the cover for the episode or something yeah. but uh I was it was making like TikToks with like sound clips <laughs> yeah like it was genuinely the most massive milkshake and uh, I saved the uh I saved the glass and it came in but like legitimately it was like whipped cream higher like the size of my head like nothing really? but like caramel and peanut and stuff i don't remember that what the exact so flavor i got but yeah i'm gonna sit here and find that while we continue to talk about hockey well while you're pulling that up um talking about getting malkin oh, on a little man. tear right now there, vintage malkin it is insane the way he's been playing like you mm-hmm. wouldn't look at him and be like, oh, this is a 37-year-old man. No, 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 no. Nope. You'd be like, oh, this is a man in the prime of his career right now. Yeah. And I think because, so, the other day when the Penguins were playing, who did they play last? Um, the Sabres. Yeah. One of their um, commentators was like, you know, Malkin is, you know, on a hot streak right now. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah you know. I found the milkshake. Oh yeah, that looks so. Good. That thing is huge. Yeah, it is. It was spectacular, but it uh, it definitely raised my blood sugar a little I bit like higher the way than I like. At, like you're like open mouth. It was in shock it. and awe. Yeah, it, let me describe this for you, listeners at home. Uh, it's whipped cream with uh, two halves of a cookie on top, uh, with. Uh, chocolate fudge drizzled over top uh, Oreo sprinkles in the whipped cream as well as an Oreo sticking out the side an entire what I believe was a waffle cone uh, surrounding the like rim of the thing and then uh, like I think it was peanut butter I think this was like a peanut butter chocolate chip cookie milkshake and I'd probably like like, drink it and then like you ever it's honestly it's a sugar rush you ever yeah have so much sugar that you start like your head hurts and you just start going like really like crazy bouncing off the wall. Yeah. That's how I'd probably be. Oh yeah. No, it was, it was brutal. Uh, that was post, uh, I think it was post bowling at that. Yeah. That was post bowling. Cause it's also, it's a, it's in a bowling alley. So it's just a very, okay. very fun experience. Yeah. No Myrtle beach. Myrtle beach is in fact the, uh, average pilgrimage for every single West Virginian. I feel like every, every holiday break, every, uh, spring break, anything of the sort, uh, every, it is like straight beeline. Every single West Virginian just heads straight down to Myrtle Beach. Is there any reason for it? Or is it just like... I have no, I honestly have no idea. I, there's just like so many of us just like go down and camp out there. There's like, I know, I think just about every... Every holiday that I've had where I've gone on vacation has been down to Myrtle Beach. Except for like, I went to Virginia Beach when I was like five. And like maybe like Disney when I was six, and that's like it. I like my grandparents have a condo down in Myrtle, like so we go there all the time. But like 
like my senior week trip was in Myrtle. My like every spring break we go down to Myrtle and like several of my friends also go down to Myrtle and there's like, there's several West Virginia bars as well. Like there's like, there's one, um, like right off of 19, uh, by the burger fire that closed down. I was very hurt, but like you could always guarantee it was, it was right when like ESPN plus became a thing and they moved all the WVU basketball games to ESPN plus that weren't like nationally televised. And they actually like caved and bought ESPN plus so that like everybody in Myrtle beach would have a place to go watch WVU basketball really? games during the winter. It was so cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I don't know what it is about, <laughs> about Myrtle beach and especially like, uh, like little river and like that whole area of North Myrtle beach, but there's just so many West Virginians. I went there. I want to say once mm. because I live in a beach town. Yeah. So, so it's like, there's no real need to it. People come to my state and my town to vacation. So I'm just kind of like, I just kind of float in space, you know, go to the beach, whatever. Right. Um, let's get back to these penguins. Yeah. Enough, I, enough about the milkshakes. I'm, I'm starting honestly, to get hungry. I love a good milkshake talk. <laughs> I mean, I could have a conversation about anything, but yeah. these penguins. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so the half, good. it's the half off Jake shakes. I love I love Jake Gensel with all of my heart because not only does he give me free milkshakes, but he's also a really, really good hockey player. Well, so. not only does he give you free or, I'm sorry, or well, half, half, off, half off. Yeah, I He's a good hockey player, but he is currently leading. Actually, he's tied with Gino right now mm-hmm. for the Penguins' top um, point leaders. Yeah. So both him and Malkin have 16 points. Uh, Malkin is leading the team with eight goals. Him... And, um, yeah, he he's, has eight goals. Crosby's behind him right now with seven goals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's crazy the season that we're getting right now after that West Coast trip. They went there, swept the Sharks, the Ducks, and the Kings. Both of the Ducks and the Kings were on phenomenal runs. Yeah. Like the ducks are hot out of nowhere. Yeah, I really have no Frank idea. Frank I went. I went in. I I went to the uh, friend of mine won free tickets to the Blue Jackets Ducks game there uh, a couple of weeks ago. What and an odd combo. Yeah, I I don't know how, but he entered in some free giveaway and won and had, had four tickets. So I, I work with him for the hockey team. So I brought him and uh, two of the other interns with us, and it was like. I was just like, I was blown away at how like painfully mid that game was like the ducks won uh three, two in overtime. And like, it was a great, it was a great experience. It was a great atmosphere. Both of those teams were so incredibly painful to watch live that it was almost unenjoyable to a point that it was like genuinely just such mid hockey. And then all of a sudden, like right after that, they explode. And I think they went on like a, they went on like a several game tear after that. It was something, it was something ridiculous. Well, I feel like after the Penguins lost to the Ducks at home, it was that 5-3 loss mm-hmm. that they were like, okay, you know, we can't, you know, this cannot be the defining moment of our season. We have to start. We have to go into November. We have to be strong. Yeah. Um, the Ducks actually went on a six-game tear where yeah. they were the ones who broke the Golden Knights' unbeaten streak, which yeah. the Caps actually shut the Knights out tonight. So, yeah. congratulations to the Caps, I Good guess. To, to, <laughs> this is the yeah. first and only time I'll congratulate the Washington Capitals. Yeah. I, yeah. I, the only other time I think I would have if uh, Ovi gets Gretzky's uh, goal record, but no. No. 
he's I I did see actually tonight. Uh, well, obviously, I think tonight's game will change that. But uh, he's there. There's like there's like 69 games left in the season. Ovi's plus minus career is plus 69, and he's 69 goals away, which I thought was really nice. But uh, <laughs> see what you did there. Okay, <laughs> a little way to skirt around it. Yeah, nice little. Uh, Family friendly. Family uh. <laughs> <laughs> friendly. Um, but, you know, the Penguins, you know, five-game win streak right now. Mm-hmm. They got the win over the Jackets tonight, the Crosby hat trick, the Gensel goal. You got a Carlson goal, too, which yeah. I don't know if you saw any of the replays. The Carlson goal was a snipe. I'm Googling our Twitter now. The so next game find. is against the Devils on Thursday. I will be in attendance. I will not. I will be uh, blissfully watching from home, which I am very excited to watch, Well, though. the Devils lost tonight against the Jets. Mm. They lost 6-3. They're without Jack Hughes. They're without Nico Hishier right now. Yeah. Mm, I hate six. to say it because I am a Jersey girl, and I do root for the Devils as well. Yeah. But the Devils are just collapsing right now. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad that it's coming in the early part of the season where – you have Jack and Nisha. Oh God, I was about to say Anissa. My <laughs> name. You have Jack and Nico coming back soon. Yeah. But it's just you can tell that the Devils are not built for being without them. Like they have to adjust everything, and it's just really not working for them right now. And it's it's painful to watch. I didn't even really watch the game tonight because I just I knew. Just saw, the, the vibes were off. I just knew. I said, something's going to go wrong here. Like, mm-hmm. it just, it does not feel right. I know that they were saying that Jack may join them in Pittsburgh on Thursday. But I think he's going to come back for that matchup against the Rangers mm-hmm. over the weekend. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Honestly, I'd say that. It's, I don't know how the Rangers are doing this year. I don't pay attention in New York I at all. I want to say that they're first in the Metro. That's... Yeah, they are first in the Metro. They have 23 points. 11 wins, two losses, one overtime loss. Yeah. Caps are next with eight. They're eight, four, and two. Carolina's nine, six, and oh. Pittsburgh is eight, six, and oh. And New Jersey is seven, six, and one. And yeah. Sitting at the bottom is Columbus with their four, eight, and four. Yeah. I think, yeah, that New York game is definitely more important. I think at least it would be. It'd be good for the Devils to win against the Penguins just to kind of like break that momentum because I mean we have won, you know, what like four or five games in a row now. So I'm. Can you not say this, please? Because oh, yeah. I'm going uh-huh. to be knock very, on wood. I'm going to be pained because I have to pick a team to root for on Thursday. Yeah, I just I don't know. I think that like I don't like the it would be it would be nice for them to be able to kill that momentum and try and leapfrog the penguins in the standings and, you know, do something, do something good, uh, in terms of that, maybe pick up a little bit of momentum, especially like you said, if, if Jack Hughes comes back, but, uh, yeah, not keep knocking on wood. Um, but yeah, I know that the Rangers obviously to dethrone them would be a you know, fair bit more important. So you saw, did you watch that Carlson? I goal? did. That was incredible. Yeah, I don't know if you saw my stank face. I was like, it was, oh, it was, was good. Was, like, yeah. I was listening, so I didn't. I didn't watch it on um, ESPN Plus because it's blacked out here. But I was listening to it because there's local stations mm-hmm. that pull from the Pittsburgh radio network wherever they broadcast it from. Yeah, I think ninety three point seven is the one I usually go for. I, yeah, they put it here. I think it's ninety eight point three. It's like buzzed mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
but I was listening to Steve Mears. I think he's a fantastic play by play. Like I can yeah. close my eyes with not a lot of play by play. Can I could do this for, but I can close my eyes and be like, wow, I know exactly what's going on right now. He's just so animated. He's good. Yeah. Um, and the way he described that Carlson goal, I was like, oh my God, like I yeah. can, like, invi- I can see it so clear in my mind right now. And when I watched it, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it was a beauty. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm very, very privileged because when I was in Seneca last year, uh, they like cable got uh, AT&T Sportsnet. I know I think it's just Sportsnet now. But yeah, it's Sportsnet Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, I was able to watch just about like every single Penguins game last year. So it was very, Wait, as, as stressful I, I, as it was, I was at least, I had a great time being able to watch that. But uh, after, I don't know why the TV like just stopped working and I didn't get Sportsnet anymore. I tried to, uh, I tried to listen to the radio, but I don't think 93, I, the only one that I could find was 93.7 FM. I didn't bother scrolling enough and, uh, but I, I do need to give a little bit of radio love to the penguins. Uh, if I you don't can listen my... online, like it's super easy Yeah, not to plug, but like, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to plug any specific radio station, but you can also listen to a certain 91.7 online. Yeah. In the general Morgantown area, uh, give us a, <laughs> give us a listen in case you want. Um, but it's just like, I don't know. Like, I'm actually, I'm happy that the Penguins are working out right now. Like mm-hmm. it just, you can see that they're actually having fun. Yeah. They were not having fun when they're losing. Obviously, I don't think anybody has fun when they lose. Unless it's like a beer league, like, you know, really like just in it for the, <laughs> in it for the post game. But yeah. like, you know, when you drop a game to the Blackhawks, okay, you open your, you open the season at home drop the game to the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Then you go, you shut out the cap, you win against the Flames, you lose three straight to the Red Wings, Blues, Stars. Yeah. Come back and you shut out the Avs, which I was super surprised at that That one. was, uh, yeah. I, I know now with like, you know, hindsight 2020 that that win was not a fluke. At that time, it kind of felt fluky. Yeah. Um, and then you go, you lose to the Senators at home. I was in attendance for that game. Yeah, that was, was Painful. I really wish I had another beer in me. I am 21, so I can say this. (laughs) I wish I had another beer in me, but I had to drive home. So I had to sit there and watch it sober. Yeah. Um, Then you lose to the Ducks as well, which Mm -hmm. I get it now. But then you go back, you win against the Sharks, 10-2. You shut the Ducks out in Anaheim. Mm -hmm. Um, You win against the Kings in overtime. That gave everybody a heart attack. Yeah. Then you come back. Went against the Sabres, shut them out. Yeah. Blue Jackets went against them. I feel like, you know, things are just going very good for the Penguins right now. They need mm-hmm. to keep it up. Just the way that they've been playing, it's night and day from the yeah. beginning of the season. Yeah. They've just been so dominant in the offensive zone. They've had a few sloppy turnovers that led to goals. Yeah. One of them came tonight from Gino. Mm-hmm. But you just have to, you know, put the team on your back and move on. And that's what. Sidney Crosby did tonight for them. Yeah. Which he's not the only player that's been helping them, but he is a major part of, you know, building that momentum, mm -hmm. showing the team, hey, you know, we are still, we're still in this. Like we're not out of it yet. 
Yeah, I can't have a hat trick and not have any kind of impact on the game, obviously. But I think it was kind of funny that we were talking a little bit earlier about how like the uh, the Oilers losing to the Sharks was kind of their like you know wake up call moment, and that's what kicked things off in a gear uh, with the you know firing Woodcroft and stuff. I'd argue that the Penguins like is the complete opposite of that, where we were like very back and forth, like losing record going into our Sharks our Sharks game, and then it kind of it like immediately after we you know drop a drop a 10 bomb on them and we like kind of get our stride back it's like we learned that hockey is once again fun to play and like we actually like it was such a fun game watching them during that i mean i don't think it was fun for sharks fans but no yeah rap but i mean like everybody everybody looks like they're having fun out there on the ice it's not the like boring like sludge fest that hextile hockey was last year but like and especially too it helps of course you know kyle dubas is once again you know a god amongst men but like the bottom six actually looks like competent and is scoring goals this year. I mean, Big Z is killing it on there. Lars Eller has looked like an even, you know, amazing pickup and especially the defense too. I want to give a, you know, big shout out to uh, Ryan Graves and of course, you know, Pedersen has always been doing well, but especially now molding in with Carlson, like they, it really like, I know they, uh, you know, they say that it's like a, you know, three headed monster on Pittsburgh with, you know, Malkin, Latang, and Crosby. But now I feel like, especially with Carlson, it's, it's morphed into like the def- the defense at least is like a two headed, you know, two headed monster. And it's like, he just like kind of easily slotted himself into that fourth head because like, it's like, I mean, good Lord, it is so, it is so difficult to not have, not look at this team and be like, yeah, that team is making a deep run come, you know, later in the season. Hopefully. I mean, yeah, knock on wood, of course, but <laughs> like, it's like Kyle Dubas went out and said, okay, give me all of your old men, please. I will yeah. take them, put them in the Pittsburgh retirement home yeah. and then drop 10 on you. Yeah. Um, but would you believe it or not when I told you, when I would tell you that New Jersey fans did not like Ryan Graves? Really? Yeah. I mean, he is a little sloppy defensively at times mm-hmm. and he's just, I don't think he knows how to, I really can't say this cause I've never played hockey a day in my life. Yeah. I only think he knows how to handle the puck correctly. Sometimes <laughs> it just goes everywhere. It goes into the netting. He'll ice it. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, he's just out New there Jersey fans did not like him that much. Yeah. I will say though, this is very off topic and does that not has anything to do with him as a hockey player. He is a beautiful, beautiful man. I I saw that it was in the like it was in the like preseason like a yassified Sidney Crosby yeah yeah it was like the like pre it was the preseason like I think it was like the Penguins went around and delivered their season tickets like by hand to the season ticket holders and he was like they got a picture of him like playing with one of the season ticket holders dogs oh my god like wow which penguin would you want to show up on your doorstep delivering season tickets I mean. Mm, that's a tough one. Honestly, I feel like Malkin I got an would easy be. Answer. I feel like Malkin would be pretty funny just because, like, you know, the good old like Russian here you go. Like, just, like <laughs> I feel like he'd be so deadpan about it. It'd be very fun to be able to meet Malkin. Uh, Riley Smith also would be a fun answer. I feel like just I feel like he brings good vibes. I'm a known Sidney Crosby sympathizer. Well, yeah, I could assume. I mean, a little bit. I don't know. At, here with the Crosby jersey on, I think it, the, the little knockoff, the the, the, the alleged, the alleged uh, knockoff. No, I don't. I'm pretty certain it's a knockoff because the penguin in the middle has a lot of paper flakes mm. in its stomach. 
Well, it's okay. Whatever. It's well. I mean, it was cheap enough, so that at least I I think that that might also be part of the reason that the going back to going way back to the marketing stuff. I think that might be the reason the game can't grow is because who in their right mind wants to pay two hundred and fifty dollars for a single jersey, and especially given the new fanatics deal, a very very bad, not good quality jersey. Like it, it very it or it grinds my gears. It I have irks not me so much. ordered a Fanatics jersey because I don't have a disposable two hundred dollars, two hundred plus dollars lying around right now. Yeah. Um. The last jersey I bought, my mom actually bought it for me for Christmas last year. Yeah. And it was a it's a Christian Watson Packers jersey. Their retro fifties uniform. Mm-hmm. Um. They had it on sale. It was ninety bucks. Normally they're 120. I mean, hindsight right now, Christian Watson is not doing that good. <laughs> yeah. So 90 bucks, kind of a steal. Yeah, I can't. But beat that. I would not like 200 dollars. Like I'm thinking about. It, I'm like, oh my god. And that's but not even I, that's not even with shipping either. I that's know. just like face price. Like, I get it. Like, it's a lot more material to work with. Like, it's the only of the like four major U.S. sports that has like long sleeves. But like, I can I can't imagine that like. I mean, we're couple, both like wearing extra, hockey jerseys right now. Yeah, I'm repping WVU hockey always. But um, yeah, like I mean, it's like what an extra like what from like mid shoulder to wrist. It's like an extra what like 15, 20 inches of yeah. fabric. Like, I just I can't imagine, especially like the fanatic jerseys. I have a, a blank uh, Kraken jersey. Uh, I think they're oh they're home. And or actually, it might not even be their home. I think it was like their reverse retro or something. And don't get me wrong, it's a it's a cool jersey. I hate wearing it. I I have not worn it out in public, partially due to the fact that I find it weird to wear a blank jersey, personally. But uh, also in that, just like I don't really want to. Like I feel like I have better jerseys. Like I have this WVU hockey jersey. I have like the the real deal James Neal jersey that I got off eBay for 30 bucks like that that Reebok is like a really good quality jersey I got a couple of CCM replicas I got a Lemieux and a Gordie Howe those are oh, really good jerseys nice. oh yeah no, well, I'm looking beautiful. right now and actually the winter classic Penguins authentic jersey yeah just dropped it's not 190 anymore it's only 52 dollars Ooh. And they have a size 46, 50, 52, 54. Ooh, so actually, if you want to text me that link really quick. Um, um, it's blank, though. Oh, so oh, oh, well. That's why it's probably dropped so much. Yeah. But well, like, I mean, I'm, 52 bucks for a blank. You got to think like you go and get the like I've seen. Uh, there's a couple of resellers. Actually, it was in the like hockey jersey uh, subreddit like wiki. Oh, yeah. They that's have my the, favorite subreddit. <laughs> they have. they. There's a couple of sellers that have the. Um, like jersey like patch sewing kits so you can like order the name plates and the numbers oh. and stuff and go and get it like customized like at a tailor's you know i thought about doing that for the blank kraken but i couldn't find anybody who would be willing to sell like a you know brandon tan of name and number kit <laughs> i just like it's crazy like i'm looking right now and the mitchell and ness crosby so i'm wearing a replica knockoff of the home Vegas gold uniform from the 2009 Stanley cup finals. Yeah. And the one from Mitchell and Ness is $200, which I really don't like 
And I know that, you know, jerseys are like heat pressed because it's less, I guess, weight for them. Mm -hmm. But I don't like the heat press. Like I like the patches being sewn into it. Yeah. Paying $200 for that. Like I'd rather sit here with my $30 knockoff jersey and be like, yeah, you know, the numbers are sewn in and the penguins kind of falling apart a bit, but it gives a character. Yeah. Like, yeah. Looking at it, I mentioned that I ordered that uh, JT Miller jersey off a DH gate for 40 bucks, including shipping uh, without shipping the. Uh, J- same JT Miller jersey uh, is $175, uh, which includes an upgrade to the next business day shipping as well. But I don't know uh, if I trust that, especially the, from the fanatics. I, I, fanatics is going to come crooked and yeah. it's not going to be JT Miller. You're going to get like the M is going to be upside down. So it's going to be Willer. Yeah. And it's going to be the wrong oh, number. Have, have you seen the like fanatic stuff where it's like, uh, the like it was like a, I think it was like a Bruins hat that had the outline of the Penguins logo like embossed behind it. It That's was the so weirdest thing. Like it's just I don't know what's going on at Fanatics, but I their tagline here, uh, like looking on the official NHL shop, says a Fanatics experience. It's it's an experience, all right. They're it's not. An there it is. All I right. gotta give them credit. They one thing about them is they will not falsely market it. But I mean. I think actually this is a perfect transition into our end of seg end of show segment yeah, here can, that we have. Can, can you believe it? We're at an hour fifteen right now. I can actually. I've been clock. I've been clock watching a little Sorry. bit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I love. I'm just. I'm very happy because like outside of like like you and like Tanner and Alex. I feel like there is not a single hockey fan. And, well, and of course, in the, the like the hockey program, but I don't really we, talk to any of those literally guys. Work for all four of the hockey teams. I, I know I work. I, I I know I work for the hockey team, but I don't talk with any ah. of the players, or the coaches about the NHL. So like, okay. I have no outlet to talk about hockey at all. Like, I had a conversation. I, I went to the basketball game tonight. Uh, was shout out WVU basketball for actually winning a game. Um, I, I went to the game tonight and I was walking home with a couple of my guys and they were like, uh, you know, like we, they were, we, I don't know how the conversation got brought up about hockey, but I, I was like, they were like, yeah, no, I want to get into it. And it's like, yeah. And I mean, we were talking about the teams and like, uh, my one friend said that he was going to be a Vegas fan and I told him to, uh, don't talk to me again, but like, That's I like was saying you're going to be an Astros fan. Yeah. It was just, ugh. yeah. I, I told him like, don't, don't do that to yourself. Cause he, he's a Raiders fan. So he's just thinking like, Oh, oh Vegas, Vegas. Okay. But, uh, no, I was like, no, you do not want to do that. Like I, I will happily sit here and talk penguins hockey with you. If you don't want to listen to me, talk about penguins hockey like you know the blues play country roads so like that's you know fun connection the the predators throw catfish on the ice that's fun you know the panthers Uh, throw rats on the ice yeah um like that was that was uh yeah i don't know i don't know what they're doing i hope i i entered a sweepstakes tonight um fingers crossed that i win it it was like a eight free tickets to the I penguins the, the, yeah I, on the yeah i entered that i was like dude i would love to go get lower bowl tickets and ride on a zamboni when i went there um it was a bachelorette party oh, so this was a funny thing yeah. the bachelor at was wearing a Malkin jersey mm-hmm. and like all of her girlfriends were wearing Crosby jerseys. And I was like, huh, I'll, this is an odd combo. Yeah. But they wrote on the Zamboni and I was like, wow. I said, you cannot 
pay me to sit on there because I'd probably just sit there with my like legs crossed and be like, mm-hmm. Because all these fun. people are looking at me. I know. I would have like the like the queen's wave. Like you go around <laughs> just there, like just wave like this. Close palm. That is the most awkward hand position, dude. I don't know how the British do it. Like <laughs> I don't know, but um I digress. I don't even know how we got on this tangent. I was gonna introduce the next segment of yeah, ranking our top. Be my guest. Yeah, the Mason Deal Tuesday exclusive ranking the top three home jerseys. Uh, do we do we decide? Are we doing both all time and current jerseys, or do you want to do just current or just all time? Let's do all time because um, okay. not gonna lie, the ones this year are kind of mid. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm not a uh, the only. Uh, I will just if we're scrapping it, the only ones that are of uh, the home jerseys that I'm like ecstatic about that I will like. Yeah, I will buy that jersey any given day of the week. That is a beautiful jersey. Is the Coyotes home jersey? I I love what they're doing out in Arizona. That was fantastic but uh yeah so my top three all-time jerseys we'll, we'll back, back back and forth i'll go three you go three etc uh my I'm coming in at my number three slot is the uh navy uh hartford whalers jersey i oh, you see love, that they're bringing them back i know i the coop they got the cooper alls i uh I like the color palette for that I oh just, the color really palette is, the color palette is beautiful but the navy the green reminds me a lot of the canucks uh home jerseys now but uh, that that logo i think i actually i did a sports logo ranking a couple of years ago uh with a couple of buddies of mine and that whalers logo was like a unanimous like number like two or three for everybody because it's so, it's so awesome it's so beautiful. All right. I'm going to go. This is my, that was that like your top overall one? Oh, no, that was number three. Okay. Number the, three. Uh, yeah. Starting low, ascending. I'm going to go really basic right now. I like the uh, Minnesota Wilds this year. Really? I love, I love Forest Green. Like I yeah. seriously love it. Um, if we were having like an all Jersey conversation, mm-hmm. I actually like their um, alternate one. Like yeah. The one with like the subway colors. Mm-hmm. But I love Forest Green. I love their logo. I just really like everything about Minnesota's color scheme. Like it's just, yeah. it's for me. Like it screams Anissa. Personally, I think that they would be a lot better if they leaned in instead of like their home whites go like the home cream color that they have. That would be really good, especially oh, with that green. Yeah. Yeah. Really go ham on the earth tones. I would love that. Um, yeah. In my number two, I think I kind of gave it away a little bit talking about my Jersey collection, the Gordie Howe era, like the Red Wings, like just general home jerseys. I know that they have not changed their home jerseys since Gordie Howe was playing for the Red Wings, but man, are they so beautiful? I don't know why. I just like, it's just like the single stripe. I don't even think they have any stripes on the sleeves. It's just like, it's so clean. It's so, it's so simple, but I think because of the simplicity, it's just like, it's just such a fantastic Jersey. And especially the, the center logo, I think you'll come to come to find in like going through my, uh, like list here, like all of my jerseys are very like logo centric. And I think the way that it just sticks out, like the red on red with a little hint of white, it's just, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Okay. So my second one. So I really like, so the devils, when they came back from Kansas city, Mm -hmm. they had their red, white, green jerseys. So their main Jersey was red and the devil's logo has stayed the same. It has not changed. It was red with white and green blocking on the bottom and then on the sleeves as well. I love that. Um, I have a yarn bracelet Mm -hmm. that's red, green, and white just because I 
I seriously love that. Like, I wish that the devils would incorporate that more. Like, I understand them using like the black and stuff, mm-hmm. but they haven't really had these in rotation since like 1992. Cause then they went to the black and the red and the white. Yeah. They brought them back for um, like stadium series. And during like the 2009, 10 season, 2018, 19, they started incorporating the white or the green again. But I just really want to see them bring it back into rotation a little bit more just because I love the green. Like it, it, make, just, it looks so nice. It'd make a great like holiday series because they like, uh, like I, I think these are the ones you're talking about, right? Um, I'm talking about, well, yeah, it is. Or well, at least, yeah. But like, it is. Okay. It really plays into like the Italian of New Jersey. Yeah. It's like a perfect like heritage, like Italian Jersey mix. But like it also, it just make it just screams like holiday, like Christmas season to me. Like I, I would love to see them like take the, take the ice wearing these with like a wreath around their neck and a Santa Claus hat on. That'd be oh, so cool. Okay. <laughs> I, get it. I see the vision. Yeah. I see it. I see it. Yeah. All right. What's your number one? My number one, uh, believe it or not, it, I feel like is a very underappreciated jersey. Is the uh, black and red, like black? I think it's the black alternates, uh, the Sabers jerseys that they had in the mid two thousands. Yes. Yes. They're so they're so about. gorgeous. I yes. I'm a big fan of, especially it's kind of it might be a little bit of a recency bias, but because I didn't bring my Xbox up, the only console that I have up here is my PlayStation Two. And I've been playing a dynasty on NHL 2004 with the Sabres. Ooh. And I I definitely did not, but I will kind of admit to uh, picking them solely for the fact that they have that jersey. And I've just been looking at it every time that I play. It's so beautiful. It is man. a really pretty jersey. I yeah. like that. I yeah. Like I, w- I wish that they would bring it back. I don't get me wrong. I understand the, like, the appeal of their blue and yellows, but like... I'm all for a black and red franchise. Like I think the devils do it really well, but the the all black with the, like, I love that old Sabres logo so much. It's so much better than the one they got now. I don't really like the color scheme they have going on right now. Like the blue and the yellow. Yeah. I think for their, their whites, it makes sense, but they're like, when they go the all blues, I don't know why they just give off. Like, I don't I, I feel like they're too, they're like almost like they look like the Swedish national team jerseys. Like if they were, if they, if you put a giant cross in the middle of it, that would make sense for me. But like, I don't know. I just, I can't really rock with it. All right. My number one, can you guess it? It is the penguins Vegas gold. Yeah. Home jersey. The, one, the ones you currently have on I, right yeah, now. I'm wearing it right now. Yeah. I love this era of color so much. I love the, muted gold so it's mm-hmm. actually it's Vegas it, that's what it's called it's Vegas gold yeah um, I don't crucify me I really don't like the yellow yellow like I know that they started using it mm-hmm. for like the Steelers and the Pirates kind of match with them yeah but I just think the Penguins having a different color scheme mm-hmm. just kind of you know helps them a little bit more yeah it stands but, apart especially as seeing as they're probably the best of the last 10 years in terms of Pittsburgh franchises. Like I, I love the Vegas gold. I love the whole scheme, like the Mm -hmm. white and the gold and the black, like all in blocks. And it's just really clean. Mm -hmm. And I am a known 2009 Stanley cup shirt collector. Yeah. So I have a ton of shirts from when they won the Stanley cup Yeah. where it's as, you know, Stanley cup champion. I have like two shirts 
where it lists their roster. It's all 2009 because I, I just really like it. Yeah. Um, but that is my top jersey, like my top home jersey. I really, really wish that they'll bring it back. Mm. Kyle Dubas, if you're listening, please bring back the Vegas <laughs> please. gold. Please. I'll do yeah. anything. Yeah. I need like a Vegas gold night. I think if, if they come up with like another like reverse retro or something of the sort, it needs to tap into that Vegas gold because we already did. We honored we honored the blues. I really like the blues. The powder too. blues. Those, those made my honorable mentions. I love those jerseys so much. That's what my Lemieux is in. Um, it is. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. But like the like the Pittsburgh, like the slash going across looks absolutely fantastic. But if you don't tie in the Vegas code in any kind of way, like, I mean, you saw like Edmonton with the Vegas gold pants, those were so incredibly ugly, but at least they're trying something with it. I don't it, think you know? they were Vegas gold. I think they were like, it's like a brown. Weird, it was like a weird khaki color. Yeah. They looked like they were like frat guys, like wearing khaki shorts. And like, I'm surprised they didn't take the ice and Sperry's. Like oh it was, my God. it was the Sperry's and like a shorts and like belt with the polo tucked and in. And the, the no show socks. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> the sunglasses flipped on the back of their heads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I digress enough about the, uh, wonderful fraternity life on campus, but yeah, I just, uh, yeah, no, I, I want to see the black and golds come back. I actually, that's why I bought the James Neal uh, jersey because it was in that Vegas black and gold, and I didn't have one of those yet. I also don't have one in the current Penguins uh, jerseys, but I said, I'm telling myself, and if my mom is listening, I apologize. I am spending money. Um, if the Penguins make the playoffs this year, I will uh, I will go and buy me a Carlson jersey. So, uh, oh, I definitely agree. Yeah. So, just about to wrap up the first episode of Mason Deal Tuesday. Mason, <laughs> do you have any closing remarks? Uh, thank you guys for having me on. Well, you guys, like, it's just not just you here. Alex approved of it. Alex so. approved. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Anissa, for having me on. Um, I will plug WVU hockey. I know we t- briefly touched on it, but uh, WVU does, in fact, have several hockey teams. We have ACHA divisions one, two, and three in the women's D2 team. Um, in addition to being the music director here at the Moose, I am also the director of game day operations for WVU hockey. So, yeah, l- nice little finger claps there. Uh, but, yeah, please. Please come to the Morgantown Ice Arena. We have games just about every weekend. They are so much fun. All of our teams are filled with wonderful, wonderful people. And I will say it is the most entertaining hockey north or well south of pittsburgh and north of any other nhl team so and mason makes a pretty good pre-game playlist oh yeah oh yeah my uh i I don't want to take all the credit for that i will have a hand in it i will i will give a little bit of credit to the players because i did send out like a google form and ask them to fill out songs for the warm-up playlist but I am the one who picks out the music when they they uh, they take the ice. So I will take credit at least for the selection, but the playlist is all the players. But uh, big shout out to WVU Hockey. Love everybody involved with that. Shout out to my interns who I'm going to force to listen to uh, at some point. I'm going to send them this link whenever the episode drops and be like, hey, guys, go listen to me talk about hockey for what is now an hour and a half. So Yeah, <laughs> it's been a pretty good thing. So we're going to wrap this up. Thanks for tuning in to the third episode of Checked Out. We will maybe be back next week. It's Thanksgiving break, or we'll be back the following week. Not sure. I mean, having two weeks of content to pack into an hour and a half, maybe it's going to be a lot, but it's going to be challenging, but I'm up for it. Um, Again, Mason, thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, 1130 at night. I hope everybody has a fantastic rest of your week. I hope your team wins and go pens. Yeah, let's go pens.